You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their new line of Pro Studio headphones and the A131 and A133 large diaphragm studio condenser microphones at audixusa.com. Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. Have you noticed that all good things come in threes? XLR, AES, meat, cheese, and tortillas, Michael Lawrence, Chris Leonard, and Kyle Chernside, and now the Allen and Heath AHM Matrix family, AHM 64, AHM 32, and AHM 16. 96 kilohertz FPGA-powered sonic powerhouses for projects of all sizes. Who says matrices have to be boring? Not us. We've never said that. Kyle said it once, but we proved him wrong. Check them out today. Jay, do the intro. Jay, do the it. intro. Am I still doing what? You're, You're listening to Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSound Web Network. Sponsored by Alan and Heath. There we go. Jay does all of our intros from now on. Wow. Yeah, you should do our new voiceover. But I want to have like a doubler and like some echoes so I can sound like a monster oh, truck like, like one of those cheesy like car commercials where yeah like, sunday 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 yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i need that and then i'll do it here we go but yeah oh, that wasn't the real one here wait, we are who, wait who's who's introing jay i thought jay just did it did i, I not just do it? <laughs> oh you <laughs> thought that was <laughs> we're rolling we're, this, that if was this wonderful. is happening yeah jade Payne comes back Trent is is a triumphant return to the Signal Noise podcast. Uh, Jade, where are you joining us from? So I'm here at my house in Brooklyn, my apartment. Sick. Yeah, just Sick. here fending off all the mice and rats and city things. <laughs> um, it's it's wild being gone on tour. Like I have to leave my place for many weeks, and then you come back to surprises, like you know, like something flooded or you know. There's, I won't, I can't even get too graphic. Yeah, but just, life sounds rough, Jay. Do you, uh, I mean, it's, it's like you it's, a hug. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. It's, you know, city <laughs> wow. life. Chris, he does not want a hug from you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll stay down here in Philly. I'm sorry. I'll, I won't Shut go to Brooklyn. Shut that shit down. <laughs> I came home and there was like a, like a whole building that wasn't there before. Like they built a gas station. Like, yeah, a, you know, happens. and I was like, whoa, I'm a tourist in my own town now. Yeah. So that, yeah, there's definitely a little. A little jarring, but that's like cool. Time lapse kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I'm here. Right. I'm like here for a few weeks before I go out again. So just chilling. That's I thought I was going to just be a guest host on this one. Because when I texted you, Michael, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to get back in. I'm, I've got some time. And then suddenly I saw my name on the calendar. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you, are, you are on the website as a guest host, first of all. Um, so oh, you're welcome God. anytime, but I mean, I feel like you, you, you definitely could pull two headliner episodes. I feel like you've got that in you. So thank you. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk, if you don't mind, we had a conversation, gee, it was at least a month ago at this point about a venue you're at that had a, a relatively strict sound level speed limit. And kind of some of the things that you were doing to 
to deal with that. Um, that was kind of cool. I thought you did pretty cool yeah. with that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to honestly remember which one because it's it's kind you of were, been a whirlwind. California whirlwind. somewhere. You were like, dude, it's a 95, oh. and I'm like, I'm really struggling. And then the next day, you were like, yo, I was running a 91, yeah, getting fat. That was, was like, yeah. <laughs> that was like several months ago, actually. It was. That was in the fall. Um, that was at the Greek um, in LA. Um, and the artist I was with, we were lucky to have three nights there. Um, and yeah, it's we we had been with this artist, like we jump around a lot just to different types of environments and on that run i think that was like our first week of doing sheds like out you know amphitheaters which tend to have a stricter db limit um so yeah so it was night one and yeah i was definitely struggling to keep things i think it was something like yeah 95 a weighted maybe it was had to have been maybe over five minutes or something it was wasn't the worst but um you know but yeah i felt like i um you know had the 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 decibel police kind of on me that entire set and it was i was yeah i was struggling so we we you and i talked the next day and you gave me a whole bunch of good tips um and yeah the next day i just kind of focused on taming all the high frequencies on the mix and you know uh first and foremost it like i remember you had said like you know everything kind of in that 2k range is gonna that stuff is gonna really set off that limit and you know of course like our perception of loudness i think is most prominent in that range so it makes sense um so yeah, I did a little bit of that and just kind of, uh, you know, just, it was just like wizardry, I think with just EQing, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember specifically what, you know, but it was just a lot of like kind of careful, you know, multiband compression in certain ranges and, and saving the kind of like in your face wow moments like mm -hmm. using those sparingly with my levels yeah um you know really we turning call it things the, uh, down the bob and weave you know the bob you're, and you're weave yeah. yeah you're kind of yeah uh, it's like downhill skiing around the limit a little bit but i mean exactly yeah I, the thing for me that was really cool about that that you had so much success on the second night with it is that i spent you know like most of covid like locked away in my office like basically okay, if I had like to do a one hour workshop and try to teach someone as many tricks as I can on like how to quote beat the meter, like I just kind of cranked all this stuff up. And then like, that was like, see, it actually works. Like you call mm -hmm. me back the next day, I'm like, yeah, it works. It's great. Yeah. You know, so, like it wasn't just some mad scientist shit that I cooked up in my basement. So that's cool. Um, yeah. But it was yeah. way easier. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, like, I think it's, it's easy to get comfortable with how you mix when you go from place to place. And, you know, it's, the show still sounded great, you know, because at first I was worried about, you know, comp compromising those frequencies and the resolution, but it's still, like, it just kind of makes sense. And the more shows I did after that, like that was back in October, and now I've been in 
many similar situations. Like I've been to Europe and of course it's, you know, even stricter over there. And, you know, people, it's, it's kind of funny cause I have to like reassure my system tech or reassure my, you know, a one of the day, like it's going to be all right. You know, like I know I, I, I can stay under the limit. Like I can actually more confidently say that because I know how to do you it. Say, Trust me, I'm a professional. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, exactly. for, and for the record, the <laughs> yeah. limit is bullshit because the context, I looked up the Greek's text spec. I just texted it to the guys um, and girls. Um, it just says 95 dB. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't say A. Yeah. It doesn't say Talk, duration. Yeah. Talking my workshop just, about it. Just yeah. 95 <laughs> dB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's go. the guy, it's the neighbor at the top of those hills that sits in his lawn chair with, you know, he actually, they told me he bought the most expensive db meter he could find <laughs> sits in his lawn chair during the shows and like has the phone ready you know if it goes over like he'll be the one to call you know what there's a story about it's very similar it's from from england and it's this uh old lady who calls every friday when their club has a show and she complains and one mm-hmm. Friday, the club is closed and they don't have a show that week. And the lady still calls complaints because that's just like what she does. That's like her entertainment for Friday night. You know what I mean? So maybe that guy's just like, oh, I feel like man. I feel like if they had some magical technology where that dude like would never hear anything from the venue, I feel like he'd be bored. Like he wouldn't have anything to do. You know, yeah. That's like, clearly, I guess that's what he does. You know, it is. It's true. And I, I had like a similar experience on my most recent run. Um, it was another shed in, I think, Richmond. And it's funny because like I've now been getting like a front of house security person sometimes just to take keep, you know, people away. Um, and that particular night, my security guy was um, a local police officer. And it turned out, you know, we met each other, you know, hi, thank you. And it turned out um, he was also the decibel police so he was doing double duty. He was like this, you know, actual security guard, but then also <laughs> the person that was supposed to tell me, you know, to turn it down. And they had an even more vague, you know, policy where he was coming up to me during the show and saying stuff like, well, he first said that there's f- people that walk the grounds around the amphitheater way out and it can't go over 65 and he doesn't say a abc it's just 65 and he's like yeah like we keep we keep meters just like in random points outside of this theater and i went on a walk and found one and it looked like a little tamagotchi like or just some (laughs) kind of little radio shack thing just like sitting on the concrete by itself like i found one you can't (laughs) violate at some random location what a that's yeah Yeah, but, but during uh, the show, he was saying he kept coming up to me and saying things like, "Yeah, like I think they're getting fifty out there. They're telling me it's fifty, so uh, maybe turn it down by three. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> "What? <laughs> turn it down so by love, three? Okay." So like, I would love to know though, like what your thoughts are on, like how do you deal with that or approach that when you're presented with a limit that's just like, oh, it's it's this number, right? Like it's, there's no specification. It's not a true limit. Like that, you know what it means. Yeah. How do you deal with it? I'll tell you how I do it. I, I <laughs> yeah. put up, I put up six meters. Peak, fast, slow, A, C, whatever. LEQ mm-hmm. one. Which one of these am I keeping under 95? Oh, you don't know. Okay. Go, go find out and come back. You know what I mean? Like that. All mm-hmm. of them. 
it's it's not confrontational, right? <laughs> but I mean, I had a guy go, "Our limit's ninety five peak." I go, "No, it's not." He goes, "Yeah, it is." I go, "No, it's not." I put I put house music on to about sixty two dBA slow, and you know you're gonna have about thirty dB peak C above above wherever your A slow is kind of hanging out. So you know, mm-hmm. at like barely right. barely comfortable home listening levels, it was it was lighting up ninety five peak C, and he was like, "Oh." So a lot of people just don't, you know, it's not like, hey, you idiot, you don't know about this. It's just like, let's do, you know, let's, I'm with you. I agree that we don't want to bother your neighbors. I agree that we don't want to hurt people. I'm right there with you, man. Let's just, let's talk about this together. You know, we're on the same side here. Let's just get some more specificity because Mm -hmm. I mean, going like, look, we can put this on a meter any way you want, but you got to pick one of these choices and you just, you know. Like it's like yeah. going to a store and go, make me a sandwich. Like, what kind of sandwich, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you kind of gauge it, and you know, it's like I know when they don't really understand what they're saying, and in those cases, it's kind of just like more. It's like smile and nod, like okay, mm-hmm. I'll I'll cooperate, you know. And I I have I also make sure to meter myself so that I know I'm. I was going to ask that, and too, I have because... those. Yeah, I have my you know, a peak, a slow C. I, I know, found blah, that blah, blah. putting the meter up in a way that the venue staff can see it. Mm-hmm. They know you're doing it. 50% of the time that ends it right there. That's true. Because they go, we're it's not going to have a problem with this person. Cause they're like, I mean, they're on it, you know, but I will yeah, say that and there's- during the show is when this conversation is happening. That's way too late. That should have happened when you walked in. Exactly. Before, and that's why, know? that's why when the, you know, the cops coming up to me, I just kind of was like smile and nod, but I'm keep, I'm going to keep mixing. Cause I can't be pulled away from the show at that point for that kind mm-hmm. of stuff when I know that I'm good. And um, I think eventually the, the venue a one was like, got got to talk to him for me and it was all fine um but yeah yeah it's it's the wild 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 west out there sometimes <laughs> well, with this uh, stuff. Dirk, Dirk Schubert was uh heard your mix at that show and he said it sounded great so yeah yeah oh that he's got that's a great a, PA that's a, that's, there, a compl- so. that's a compliment <laughs> that's awesome sick yeah. For those who don't know, um, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk Schubert, uh, Schubert Systems. Dirk Schubert started off a Tyke Bray back with Jim Gamble. He helped build some of the original Gamble boards. That's how long Dirk Schubert's uh, been around. He used to be Toto's front of house engineer for years. Um, he's been around for a minute. So if he says it sounded good, uh, that's a high compliment. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Sam, where are you joining us from? Uh, I am currently in Belfast, Ireland. Yes. That's cool. Belfast. And it's what, like one thirty in the morning? Is that why you're like super quiet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the real the Belfast. Like the Irish yeah. Belfast? Yeah. Yes. Like okay, Ireland. I was like, that's yeah. somewhere in the Northeast probably. <laughs> no, I live in the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm currently in Ireland. Yeah. You haven't picked up the accent yet, though. Ireland. If uh, would... I had managed to pick up an Irish accent in three days, I want I want something for it. If you, I don't if know if what you, I want. You did say. Finley, you did a pot say of gold. He'll, he'll teach you. You did there say you, you tip. You tend to pick up people's accents when you run them long enough. So I code switch, but not like oh, I sound Irish. It's like oh, I'll say something <laughs> stupid once. <laughs> once, um, Jade, what are you drinking? Um, okay, so this is uh, one of my favorite beers. Actually, I got I brought it back from Germany. It's a Hellas yeah. Lager, That's and cool. I don't know. It says Lager Beer Hell. 
That's my terrible German ox- accent. <laughs> accent. Uh, it's better than Sam's Irish accent. So. Is it? I need to hear Sam's mine. Irish accent. <laughs> I need another drink for that. Nope. <laughs> but um, yeah, I this is my first time having it in the states. Uh, I wanted to wait till a special occasion. So Ooh, oh, yeah. nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, I have yeah, a special occasion this evening. I don't think y'all are going to appreciate this, but someone out there listening is going to appreciate this. So I'm going to go for it. I. Was like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy myself some tacos. Special occasion. I'm gonna do Taco Bell. I'm trying to like not do the fast food thing, but I was like, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm good. I'm gonna get some Taco Bell. I was in the area, so I go and I'm like, wait, I got a gift card. So I pull this gift card out. It's like the order was like 11 bucks. I was like, maybe it's a 10 dollar gift card. I probably have to give them a dollar. And so I hand them the gift card and I'm like waiting for them to go. Like, okay, it's one more dollar, sir. And they hand it back. And I look on the receipt. And there's 38 dollars left on that gift card, yo. Someone gave me a $50 Taco Bell gift card. Snap. So the great feast of 2022 is about to begin. Uh, I was texting Sam about it. She did not seem impressed. So I'm sharing it with the rest of y'all. About to eat $38 it's, worth of Taco Bell. It's really more <laughs> like genuine concern for your well-being. Let's be clear. If you knew it was a $50 gift card, you probably would have spent yeah, $50 well, at Taco Bell tonight. <laughs> like, that's right? What, you get like at least four good meals out of that. <laughs> but my point was like, you don't need to eat like four meals worth of not tacos, not in, Taco like, Bell Not adjacent to each. No, not at once. Like over Well, that time. was my only point. Was the, like, don't do it all at once. You're going to like die. Off. Like part of your insides <laughs> are going to die or something. Oh, are going to die is what she told me. Yeah. So uh, plus I have to I be on a plane tomorrow. So I don't want to have any mishaps. So <laughs> yeah, you really have to plan where you're going to be at, around Taco Bell. Like plan I mean, your whole day around it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Thank you. I support this. I mean, so I'm speaking for myself, but there you go. But <laughs> Taco I, I, Bell, iron like, stomach. Closes. Yeah, Michael's going to die. Yeah, I appreciate your support. I appreciate your support, Jade. Jade, so I'm curious. Me. After having, you know, uh, the the un- unfortunate times that we had over you know last year and a half or so or whatever and then now back in the pace of touring um what 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 was that like for you mentally both being in it and then now kind of coming home and maybe some of the decompression what what has that mm. cycle been like for, for you and how have you handled it um yeah i mean it's it's been a whirlwind, I would say. And I mean, it's a lot of just emotions that ever, everyone else is going through with returning. And um, I mean, I guess kind of like what's, I guess, like sticking around like after when I think about just, yeah, the last several months of, you know, coming back into it, it's. I just, it's been interesting to see like a lot of venues just doing things differently. And, um, but then some of them, you know, haven't changed that much. Um, I guess I'm just kind of getting used to this, you know, the, the artists I'm with is really growing still and we're transitioning into like a lot of new territory for me that I, hadn't really experienced before the pandemic, such as we're expanding our team, um, you know, we're the production's getting bigger. Um, 
it's just interesting to kind of like start with somebody and playing clubs and getting into bigger spaces, sheds and even arenas and um, just kind of like changing with all of that. I mean, like one thing I've always been kind of feeling weird about is that I now have less to do on the loadouts because mm. we have a lot of like dedicated hands now and you know, a, a lot of the production that's not, has nothing to do with me. Um, and just trying to like figure out, I guess I, I see my role kind of be, becoming more defined, like in just front of house. Whereas before, you know, I'm, I was used to unloading, loading trucks and really like getting in there and kind of all hands in, in all that stuff. And, um, yeah. And just learning how to like actually t- take help when I'm used to doing mm. like a lot of stuff alone and, um, take help that's offered. Um, and, and yeah, but, um, yeah, I guess, there, you know, boy, and there's a lot to unpack in, in your comment right there though. Holy cow. Like learning when you have hands, you're not used to having hands and you have hands, like learning that it's okay to let them do the mm-hmm. job that they're there to do. And, and, and adjusting, thing. adjusting when you know that you'll get yelled at for pushing your own case or pulling your own cases, mm-hmm. knowing how that's going to change daily based on where we are, you know, are we wearing, are we working with union or not, you know, and, and that's kind of what I was trying to touch on before is just like post pandemic, there's just like such a variety now of what you get, um, you know, cause yeah, you could go from one place that has had like the same union crew for over a decade or whatever. And then the next place has just a whole brand new set of people. They might be younger, they might be newer to it and they might need a little more, um, guidance and a little more of like, okay, we are going to all lift these, lift this together, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. cause that's what is needed I'm- and what's safe. I'm curious if you run into, um, I know at least the first couple shows that when I was back, people were kind of excited to be back. And there was that new like sense of, man, we're all just happy. We want to work all this stuff. Right. Um, uh, is everyone still from a stagehand perspective, crew perspective, like still kind of excited and being on the, I'll call it nicer side of humans or are people falling back into the old, <laughs> like, uh, you mean you paid me to be here, but I'm still going to be mad about being oh, here man. and accepting the call that I just got paid to do. Like, or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I would, I would just say that it is, I think the scale tips more and that there's positivity. There's Good. like every, there, I would say even across where I've been in Europe and the UK, in addition to the States, I would say, especially over there, because I think things have opened up more recently over there. And there's more of that, like, kind of new feeling of and excitement. Um, I think it was, in, especially in Sweden, I remember, like, the vibe there that was, that shows in March, no, April, and that had been like that venue's first show um, since lockdown. So they were oh, wow. stoked. Um, and yeah, and I've, I've been meeting a lot of, you know, people that have been entering the industry and I've been noticing a lot, like a lot more younger folks in these like head positions, Mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. Um, but on the flip side, you know, like there are, 
there's, I can see them there. Everyone's still on their own learning curve, you know? Um, and it does feel a little different where there's some people driving the ship that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, what, how did you, how did you get here? Um, but, uh, yeah. And that there's, there's the grouches too, you know, I mean, I had, That's a I almost texted industry, you though. The grouches are never going to go away, you know? Yeah, like I think so. You know, <laughs> but I, I almost te- texted you, Michael, cause I, I had like one guy on my last one. He was so upset when I asked him to pull 63 Hertz out of the subs. Um, he was just like, his immediate response was, that's not my system. That's your mix. (laughs) He said that. And I, and I, so I was just like, well, look, man, don't take it personally. I just need you to do this. Can you do this? You know, like it's, but he was just kind of, he, I think that ruined it. Just that one interaction. And he was, well, he gets charged by the filter. So he's supposed to fight you (laughs) on it. Like, it's like, what the fuck, bro? Like I had a similar thing. Like, just do it. Like, it's not. Like, like Michael and I have got to witness at one point. We've, I've had some negotiators, you know, Mm -hmm. but, I, you know but what, it's like was, it's not like I said something about his mom, you know. Like <laughs> I'm just like, you are sitting well, back yeah, there on I'm your laptop. Like, I just yeah. want you to pull one thing. And like, you can go back to scrolling through Facebook. Like, did you design yeah. these speakers? Like, is that what's going on? Um, I I think I I've done tunings with someone from the manufacturer. Like me and Rich Frembus did a tuning a couple weeks ago. Rich did actually design the speakers that we were tuning. So, you know, when you're like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of 2K in there. He's like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I kind of had a similar question to Chris's one in a different direction. Like your act is getting bigger. Like you said, you've got more people, you got more resources. Has, has that re-eva- made you reevaluate your tool set? You know, have you gone like, I know you're, you've been on the DLive kind of since you've been with them. Um, do you Do you now go like, oh, well, now we've got, budget for that outboard thing that i couldn't get two years ago or that you put this other thing on my rider like are you expanding yeah. are you kind of saying well what's the next thing how do i like up the game a little bit you know definitely there's still you know and that's that that's still always an ongoing thing so it's always a, a battle of like lighting needs a lot you know and um uh what i have really works and it's kind of i i'm partially like well if it ain't broke don't fix it um but Definitely, I'm exploring my options, and I, I like to just be prepared for where things are going to go. Um, I had this kind of nightmare situation that actually turned out; it ended up being really awesome. But I had a show where I lost power at front of house during the show. Sick. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, everyone has like a, a story like that. But that uh, ever since that happened. Well, I'll, I'll, I will say, I will say how it ended up being a good thing, which was, um, it, you know, last song, like highest energy song ever power drops out during like the, you know, let's call it like the jammy breakdown part band keeps playing. They don't miss, miss a beat. I lost power for almost two minutes. I think. Wow. Finally got it back. Yeah. I was like, rip, I was rip Van Winkle. I was like. <laughs> I grew a beard. Um, <laughs> wow, first Get- friend Winkle reference we've had on the show. <laughs> Thank you, Jade. Nice. Um, comes back on, and 
just the the mix just kind of like you could just hear it and almost feel it just you know vacuum back into this massive PA and then when that happens like the crowd erupts with joy and it turned out that everyone thought it was planned because they thought oh, that cool. and there was you know apparently like a big DJ there that night that thought uh, was planned and thought it was really cool and blah blah, blah. so I still have my job, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but but needless to say, the the thinking about those situations in the future, and you know, we're always like, well, how can I prevent this? And mm-hmm. so I'm definitely thinking about. I'm always thinking about redundancy and how to use whatever resources become more available as we grow um, to just ensure that kind of stuff, like you know, doesn't happen. So yeah, just making my rig. My DLive rig just kind of more robust. It's it's not the S class, so it doesn't have built-in power redundancy. But um, yeah, I'm thinking about that kind of stuff, and I have my my wish list, and then my like bare bones kind of needs. Mm. And I certainly am trying to get more cool toys for the wish list. Um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. But um, yeah, it's definitely not you know. I can just get whatever I want. Very <laughs> far, far from that. But um, you know what? I I think there's a misconception among people who work with smaller acts or work in smaller venues, have limited budgets, that they think that like when you get to like a B level or A level situation, like you get whatever you want, and that's like never, ever, ever, ever the case. Like there, I've never had a gig, and I've never even heard of anybody having a gig where they just said, "We'll give you absolutely whatever you want," and there's no budget limitations. That's just not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, there's, there's, it, a, there's a limit. And now I've kind of learned to just kind of ask for more than what I need, ju- and just to see, and you know, then we can strip it down. But it's it's kind of I think it's good practice to just start planning for that those possibilities Absolutely. of you know maybe i can get a bricasti on like yeah. run in the future maybe i can finally use like a galaxy you know instead of lake um, <laughs> um that's a, boy that, that's, that kind that's of an stuff interesting I, one do, do you i'm going through this right now I'm, I'm going back and forth with both tour production management and and rental company about pa spec for a tour and the question is, some people ask for exactly what you just said. I'm going to ask for more than I need because I know it's going to get cut. And what I did is I went in and the thing is like right now, everything's more expensive than it was, you know, because COVID and shortages sure. and all that shit. So, so my strategy was I'm going to go in and I'm going to say, I already went through this and I pared it down from what we took on the last run. And this is what I think I actually need. There's I, I've trimmed all the fat and I'm not asking for anything extra here. This is this is what I'm actually asking for. And this is what I'm actually going to use. And I just said that right up front. Mm-hmm. And we haven't gotten the final, you know, go no goes back yet because I don't pay the bills. <laughs> right? But <laughs> but right. I was up front about it and I was like, here's what we had last time. Here's what I've already cut. Here's here's why. Here's why I'm asking for what I'm asking for. Um, and the PM was like, Hey, I read your email three times. And like, I understand what you're saying. Um, and I'll let you know if I have any questions. And so like, that's not necessarily a home run, but it kind of cuts through this bullshit of like, well, I know you're going to kind of just cut just, just cause you feel like you should make a cut. So I'm going to ask for shit 
you know, because you know, I'm asking for more than mm-hmm. I can do. So I just like, let's do away with that whole deal. Let me just tell you what I straight up actually think I need to do this job. And exactly. if you can't pay for that, then let's get on the phone. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to put us through this whole thing of, I'm going to actually ask for shit that I'm not actually going to mm-hmm. need. Like, I just, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm antisocial. Like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I don't like the the back and forth. You know, it's tiring, man. I don't got time for that. So Yeah. And it's always good to just be transparent too about, yeah, what you're working with and what you really do need to, you know, make the production what you know it's it should be and then it's like and you know i also okay if you need to cut this is where i would cut but here's the consequences of that this is why i need this many of this and if you go to this many here's what you can expect to happen you know Mm -hmm. there's the trade-off there and the other thing is i'm asking for another pa tech and that costs money so mm-hmm. I already took like eight boxes off my side hangs because in the same email, I was asking for more people. So I, I think I have to show like, Hey, I already cut some stuff because I'm asking you to get me another crew member. Like it's, it's, it's really, you know, Hey dude, like I'm trying to communicate that I'm being cognizant of the budget. Like I get what the production manager's job is hundred percent. Right. And I'm, I'm not just coming in here cause it's like candy shop, you know, like I'm really trying to, to be, very forthcoming with what's going on and why I'm asking for what I'm asking for and showing that I'm making those compromises in other places. And I don't know if it's going to work. Like it's too soon. It just happened this afternoon. Right. So mm-hmm. like, I don't, maybe next week I'll be very sad. <laughs> yeah. But, but and, that's yeah. kind of what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And it depends. It varies on where you're going, you know, like a lot of festivals situations, you know, it's just physical space is everything and you can't always bring the rig that you want right. or, you know, get your snake run and all that stuff and um and then I always just remember you know like wait I used to I used to do this with none of this stuff so I know that's possible so I'm not worried um so uh yeah interesting to see how everyone's workflow lends them itself to different tools Right, because I've worked with and for some engineers that are like, I really want these certain pieces of gear because to me, like, they are show critical. And they may be things that other engineers that I've worked with are like, what on earth is that? Like, I don't need it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, like, what makes someone comfortable, but also just how they've structured their files and what it takes for them like to do a show is so different. And so I wonder, like, do you have anything for you? That's like, I just, I can't do a show without this. Like this is like my go-to move. Yeah. Um, as much as it's, it's like a not popular, you know, opinion, I guess I, I'm now I've reached that threshold of, I, I can't at least with, uh, you know, this particular artist, I can't, I need waves. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I just do. Um, I won't even go into detail about which, which plugins, but that's been something that's really worked been working super, super well, um, for the show and portability to, um, it's, yeah, so that's, that's one of the things, um, and in the D live too, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, I, I have asked for backups before, uh, but that's kind of becoming more and more important because 
I'm just like, you know, that's just kind of what I've been using, um, Mm -hmm. for the last year. And, um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be done on that desk. Yeah. Backups are like the unsexiest thing to spend your money on. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, like, there's a, and it's (laughs) like, oh, do we really need that? You know, but well, I was talking to somebody today on our discord, they were working with a venue and they they're putting in a new system and they're like, look, we got three different manufacturers that want to put this PA in. And like one of them, we can't get like service and parts in a timely manner because this company isn't well represented in my area. And like, if, you know, if an amp goes out, then we're, we're out of business for three days or whatever. And like, yes, that is a absolutely valid consideration. First of all, but second of all, like, if someone's going to come and you're going to pay them whatever bunch of money it is to put a system in, like buy an extra amp. Like, so when it breaks, cause something will break, you swap it and you still gonna have to send that thing out to get fixed, but you don't have to shut your show down in the meantime. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. we had, we had a road case full of lion amplifier modules. And sure enough, we had one speaker do something weird. And I was just like, Hey, swap that amp. And it turns into a five minute thing instead of like a, a big problem because we don't have a backup. So like, I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like asking for backups is like really boring and unpopular, but yeah, it's not. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when you <laughs> but don't I have the emergency it. later, you know what I mean? You don't have to go see, I told you like, you exactly. Just skip that whole yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, cover all the boring, unsexy stuff first, like backup redundancy and then, then get to the cool, like green yeah. day, yeah. Kevin Lemoyne stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I will say this, like the tour I'm working on at the moment, like everything in front of house world is redundant, um, like switches, networks, their console, I mean, just everything. And as a tech, it makes me feel so much better because it's not like, yeah, you want to be fast. You want to be able to solve problems pretty quickly. Um, I felt really lucky in that, for better or worse, like I got to do a whole lot of work on the prep. And kind mm-hmm. of build front of house world um, even more than I was anticipating being able to. So, like, I feel confident, like I know where things are. But there's definitely a point in time where it's like, oh, that that redundancy gives me the thirty seconds or maybe a minute I need to. Like, find yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That's I think that's so cool and important. And yeah, but we were. I hadn't had that before. It's like that, like knowing like, yeah, you want to fix it, but it's, I think for me, it's a different feeling. Like knowing the world's not going to end. Like, because there is this problem that you have to solve right this second. Yeah. I mean, ever since my, my power went down that one time, I now it's like a superstition. I'm now saving throughout the show, (laughs) like just kind of, traumatized from that like just okay say you know at least it will be where it was when when i come back on you know kyle said something and i think about it all the time dude kyle said something about like you should be running one show a week on your backup whether that's your backup network or your backup console or like whatever that is and people are like, oh, really? Mm. And it's like, okay, if you don't trust it, then you shouldn't be using it as your backup. And we spent a whole day literally going okay let's fire the whole rig up i'm gonna unplug this router now or i'm gonna unplug this cable now or i'm gonna take this unit offline and let's make sure it fails over properly you know and and that's boring and it's not fun and it's annoying but we spent some time doing that to make sure that if something 
<laughs> if something failed, it wasn't going to stop our show. Um, That's a, a great you know? idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. You know what? You know what? You know what? <laughs> Just is making not things fail. <laughs> yes. You know what? We're um, doing a failover test tomorrow. We, we had that. one. We had on the Volbeat run, we had one audio failure. And it was not prevented by a redundant, uh, a whole rig was redundant. But what actually happened is feeder got unplugged. Um, oh. And they, they, the backup system doesn't take care of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's still. You don't have the Tesla coil uh, and no, stage no, left. No, we don't and, have that. Then he was just like, hey, the PA's out. I was like, oh, shit. Like, it was just like, he was oh, like, surprisingly relaxed about the whole thing. Just like, hey, hey, the PA's out. Um, so let me go. So chill, man. I was launching i went running and i was you know and i saw evan our tech like vault over a case and it was like <laughs> the, the, the time to response they were in catering they just it was amazing how fast they got there and then we realized that it wasn't our stuff and they just yeah, had to plug that's back a in, thing but. of beauty when everybody just yeah. like goes yeah. into you know troubleshoot mute mode they were like dude there was red velvet you know. cake and we walked away from that for you and i was like oh i'm sorry oh. Like, so, no but that Man, was that's it, tough it was, it was tough. No, but you know, that, that does make you, you know, what's interesting though, is in that split second moment when you're like, something bad just happened. What just happened? Yeah, take the cake with me. Well, you look or... at your computer screen. I'm like, okay, I still see meters, which means that remote processor is still online. It's still on the network. It's still getting signal. So I, I immediately know a bunch of things that didn't fail, you know? So, so in like five seconds, you've narrowed down where that problem could be. Okay. It must be downstage, you know, downstream of that rack somewhere. So, so that's the fire drill versus the fire, right? Like steady up, Sam, right? Because so when something goes wrong to, to stay, you're going to panic because you care and it's scary. But to like have enough presence of mind in that moment to like use your tools and look at your metering and look at your status readouts and very quickly just go, okay, okay, that's still working. That's still working. So it must be that like to start shelling away those those possibilities of what failed um, rather than just sitting there in, in terror for a very long 15 seconds, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's really interesting to me how people think about troubleshooting. Cause like I was taught how to troubleshoot, which I know sounds really odd. I think to a number of people I've mentioned it to, but like my first thought is like, all right, power. Signal. Like, because that automatically knocked out half of something. And then you you figure it out from there, right? But once I told that somebody, they were like, I, they like, it was just crazy kind of that overview. And I, I think it's very interesting how quickly you can narrow down a problem if you know like what's happening in your system, which is, I think, something that makes like building and prepping super underrated. I think the, the, the funny thing I've noticed, um, is that people sometimes uh, they jump to the biggest thing that it could be as opposed to the smallest thing it could be, right? Like, oh, we need to replace the computer. Oh, no, no, no. It's just the eighth-inch cable going to that PCDI that's bad. You know what I mean? Like, so that and, – and probably what you're getting to a little bit too in terms of the troubleshooting, like, you know, hey, let's 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 rule out the least common denominator first, you know, and, and not jump to, oh – you know the whole amp rack thing. Well, no, you know, maybe uh, just so what's most yeah, likely yeah. to fail, Chris. I mean, I <laughs> I watched half of a PA go down, and it was because it was exactly what you said. It was one half of those little shitty eighth inch to quarter inch cables that we all have, and we pay seven dollars for, and we plug into our million dollar PA systems, and we're all fine with that. Like, 
that's probably what broke, you know? <laughs> yeah. Man, is that really happening? Wow. Well, I, 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 I did show I did show up to a show site, um, one of ours, uh, you know, recently. Um, and, like, I'm watching them troubleshoot this same thing. Like, there's, like, a Zoom hybrid thing or whatever. And, like, man, like, I get this buzz on this one. And it's like, oh, we'll try this, try this, try this. I'm just, just watching, watching, watching. And we'll, all right, we'll just change the computer. I'm like, stop. Stop! <laughs> did you did you change that eight inch cable? <laughs> like start the flow chart? Uh, no, did you do this? Yeah. Oh, it was that. It was like okay, cool. I, st- I still got this. Okay, cool. Like you know, uh. <laughs> you know what? And, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of stick my neck out a little bit with this, but it's okay. It's, it's for a good cause. I remember when we had Kyle Hamilton on the show. And he was talking about, hey, some of these SEs should get your day rate because you ordered a console, you don't know how to use it, and then you got the vendor SE there, and they're doing your whole thing for you, right? So obviously, I am not nearly as comfortable in a front of house mix position as I am in the SE chair. Um, that's just part of my experience and part of how my brain works, or whatever you want to say. But you know, the the real conversation was, hey, you're mixing front of house for this artist now as well. Hey, you're qualified. You can do this. And I was like, I'm qualified until something very technically weird happens with this console or this wave setup because I didn't build this. And it's exactly what Sam's talking about. This is not my build. This is not my setup. I'm going to learn it. But but there's going to be a point where something subtle is going to happen and I'm not immediately going to know what the issue is because this is not this is not my my home field. And production management was like, well, that's what the, you know, that's what the vendor tech's for. I was like, okay, you're not wrong. Like, you, if it's if it's their gear and they're they're renting it to us and they're supporting it, and if it's not working, yeah, I'm calling them and I'm gonna have them come and help me. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to be the person who, as soon as the first sight of a problem pops up, I'm useless. Like, that's not kind of what I want for myself professionally. So now I'm sort of thrust into this very new world of gear that I am not comfortable on yet, with the same level of familiarity as like you know Galaxy or a, a Lake or something's acting up. I'm like. I can, I can deal with that. Um, so I guess it's, where's that line, you know, where, where does your professional obligation require you to say, I, I need familiarity with these things, even though there's someone there who's being paid to support that thing, you know? And I don't necessarily know the answer. It's just something that I'm sort of dealing with now is trying to learn someone else's whole setup, you know? Yeah, I mean, what we do is so connected to other kind of trades and, you know, it's almost impossible to kind of put 100% into all of that. Like you can put 100% into SE duties, but, you know, personally for me, I I need to improve on my networking IP Mm. knowledge stuff. I need to watch uh, Samantha's video class she did. Um, but anyway, that's something where I might need to grab somebody <laughs> right. like, hey, like IP address stuff is kind of weird. Can you can get in here? Can we figure this out? Um, We've been through that a couple of times with your. Uh, yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We. Yeah. Thank you. I love that, though. No, that's great. Because it's by the third time I was like, I know how to solve this because we've done it twice before. So it's like, oh, Jade's going to call and we're going to set a static IP and it's going to be great. Like, <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, Jade, I'm curious, uh, different direction here. Um, you know, 
through the pandemic, we had all this training, we had all these things uh, to think about and work on. Was there something when you kind of went back out on this last run, the last six months or so, um, that you were excited to try at, or did try, and how did that how did that work out for you? Was there improvements? Like, what's what, was there anything you were able to kind of take from that pandemic time and, and and now you know is a staple in what you're doing? Yeah, sort of. Um... So I took one of the Sin Sin Oddcon courses. Yeah. Uh, I took like the Advanced Equalization Two Hundred One course, and that was really helpful in uh, learning just more about you know how sound waves interact in spaces, and um, you know that that certainly kind of helped me visualize more what, what's happening in a venue space with when it comes to reflections and stuff and um that was one of them and you know i'd been sort of like following dave rat's youtube channel over that time and i did get to use one of the things he did which he demonstrated um he was just kind of doing like a demo on how comb filtering works and he took two small speakers and had like pink noise going through both of them and moved them around a microphone um, I believe. And then I think he added like a filter to one speaker, moved him around the microphone and suddenly there wasn't as much comb. There wasn't that comb filtering sound. I've it's been a second since I've seen the video, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of what he did. And so he was saying that, um, I mean, the lesson I, I learned and ended up applying was, because I was in this really weird room one time where I just couldn't get my bass guitar to just like fit right. It just did not sound right. And trying to, I tried everything in my bag of tricks, and then I decided to try, you know, the Dave Rat thing, which would mean like you know splitting the the signal and panning one hard left, one hard right, and changing something about one of them. And when I did that it felt so much better in that whole room. Um, and that was like, that was pretty cool. Um, the recording You're sounded like, kind of weird. I saw this on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a the, question the recording, for you, The recording sounded weird because like that bass is definitely in both, you know, sides yeah. if you listen on headphones. But for the show, I, it was totally the right move. You know what? Jim, um, Jim Yak said to me one time, because a lot of people say, yeah, well, the board mix and the artist, he goes, look, I'm a live sound mixer. I'm hired to mix the sound for the people in the room. So that's, you know, that's, I'm going to use the amount of effects that I think I need, even though it might not be right on the recording. And so like, I think that's interesting to keep in perspective. But what I wanted to ask you, Jaden, I've been meaning to ask you this for a while, and we just haven't had a chance to talk about it. You, you texted a couple weeks ago, and you were like, hey, I'm doing a show, and it's the first time I've ever had a dedicated SE. And like, you know, talk to me, like, get you know, so how did it go? Like, what did I, I sent you some of my thoughts on it, but like, what did you learn? How was that experience for you? Yeah, it was a really enlightening experience. Um, yeah, you know, I'm always trying to just set myself up for success and I want to use all the resources and tools available for me. And, you know, I just, I first kind of wanted to know like, well, what, yeah, I just wanted to make the best of that situation of having a dedicated SE. And uh, some of the things you told me, I'd I'd already kind of 
like known and, you know, just how down to the first interaction where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, ask, hi, how are you? How was your morning? You know, <laughs> yeah. just kind of be a establish, yeah. yeah, establish like some kind of human decency basis and, um, you know, like we're going to be working together all day. So, um, but yeah, in that particular situation, it was great. You know, um, the SE I worked with, um, super communicative and really just cared about that. I was happy. And like, that was his little literal words, you know, like we would do some work and he'd be like, are you happy with this? You know? And that's awesome um, because it, unlike the other dude where it's like, this is my system, it shall not change. You know, this is like, it's, perfect it's just for like, everybody. no, just, and, and there was just a mutual respect um, and that was great. And then just, um, yeah, just, yeah, your advice was helpful to just kind of feel more empowered to, you know, like, walk the room together and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, ask questions and ask, you know, or just before anything's been done, ask what, what's been done. And if, you know, do you, did you do like a prediction plot? Like, what do you know about this space? Have you been in here before? Cause some, some, sometimes I've worked with guys that just haven't even it's their PA, but they haven't used it in that space. And, you know, like, okay, that's helpful. Like we're both kind of starting from scratch in that way. Um, but yeah, overall it's been, it's been, you know, pretty good and it's, you know, I, everybody works differently and it's, it's kind of cool to Were you yeah, in, just like see that. Did you have a different mindset during the show where you found like telling yourself, I don't actually need to worry about what's going on down front or over there in the back because the SE is dealing with that. And I can just sit here and mix. Like, did you find that you were able to focus more on the mix or were you still worrying about what the rig was doing other places? Yeah, I was, I was, I was able to kind of focus on the mix more and, you know, some, some situations I've had SEs that are, there's like a sweet spot where, cause it's nice when people are hands off and support you and your work and they're like, whatever you need, you got, I will just do it. And I just want you to be happy. But then there's some situations where I, I do want to hear more feedback. Mm. You know, if like during a show, I hear something kind of funny, like I'll go, Hey, like, do you hear this, this, what I'm hearing? What do you think about that? And, you know, sometimes I'll just be like, Oh, sounds great. Which cool maybe it does but there's some cases where i do want like a little more like i want to hear your opinion you know like it's that could be useful to me i might not agree with it but right. you know that's, that's instead big, of though. just like a shrugging of a sh- there's yeah. some people that are just like oh, i don't know you know like they don't really have an opinion um so i le- it's nice to work with people that are like a good amount like you do your thing this is your show but then also sh- you know, are cool to, you know, share their knowledge if they think it will be, you know, helpful. That's so, I mean, to me, that's a whole new level of trust. Like I don't, I will not, like you said, I will not offer like unsolicited advice unless I'm asked like that to me, when, if you're at, if you ask me, I'll tell you straight up, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit you. If we're respecting each other enough professionally at that point, you ask me, I'm going to tell you, but 
there's a point I think with the mix engineers that I work with the most, you can almost feel the corner turn when they start coming to you for mix comments. Um, you know, there was one night like halfway through ghost where Dave came over and said, does it feel just like a little bit less bright on the top tonight? And I said, yeah, it does Dave, but I, you know, I like it better. And that's kind of a ballsy thing to say because it's a polite way of saying it's been a little bright for my taste this entire time, right? Like it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And he goes, okay. He kind of goes back to his desk and he comes back over like two songs later and he goes, you're right. He goes, it is better that way. Um, And it was like a DB and a half. It was like a tiny difference. But from that point on, there was a lot more conversation about the mix and the balance of the elements and the tonality of things and less talk Mm -hmm. about the system because it was like we had got the system to a place where he was happy with it every day. Um, And I just felt our dynamic kind of change once we were able to kind of talk about the mix and how, how it could be better. And if I was hearing what he was hearing and um, that was kind of, that was kind of cool. You know, like I'm not a mixer straight up. I'm not a mixer, but, Mm -hmm. but the fact that he felt enough trust in me that he would, he would have that conversation. I thought was kind of neat. And um, I have since, come to really appreciate working with him and the other engineers that that want to have that conversation because it, it signifies trust i think and that's what i like you know i'm not a mixer coming from the person who's mixing lawrence and miguel and other artists anyway just that was it dude that was, i'm filling in man i'm <laughs> filling in i'm just saying but like you're still freaking mixing on a decent level so i mean say you're not a mixer it's like, can't avoid it I don't think anybody can avoid it. Like, I think anyone who has anything to do with live sound is going to like have to move a fader at some point, you know, but um, boy, is it, I know it's it's a different topic for another time, but it's a very, very different mindset, man. And I'm, I'm still getting used to that one, but no, I think um, it's kind of a tightrope, Jade, like you said, because we, we totally don't want to tell you how to do your job. That's your gig. It's not our gig, but we want, we do want you to have a good day and we do know our rig and how it's behaving. And, and oftentimes we know the room or if we don't know the room, we at least hear, we hear the room, right? Like we hear how things mm-hmm. are interacting, like the course you were talking about. So, you know, I think when you've got two people who have those critical listening skills and they're working together, like obviously you're going to get a better outcome, you know? For sure. Yeah. And I, another thing I do is I will still, if I have time, bring out my measurement mic and do my whole, you know, pink noise, everything and this and that. Cause I kind of feel like once, just like once they see me doing that, like, it's like, Oh, okay. Like it's, there's, there's just more of like an accountability to the system, you know? And even if I am not even like, I don't, I might not have time to really look at my data and do anything about it. But I think just putting that into my practice kind of just like shows that i'm you know i yeah. care yeah 100%. about all of that and i feel like you know some people will be like oh so how, how's it looking you know and that's yeah. they kind of just snap into gear a little more we i mean we you and i talked about that a little bit like there are a lot of front of house engineers who are going to come in they're going to plug their console in and they're going to mix and that's it 
you know, and they're going to, they're going to maybe ask you for a filter to make it sound good, you know, get the tonal response that, that you want where you're standing. And that's as far as it goes. I mean, Wayne Polly, I was texting with Wayne this week. He said something to me that was, you know, he said, I'm going to stand here and make it sound good here. You make it sound good everywhere else. And that was the end of it. That was the last thing he said to me. You know, <laughs> that was the whole conversation and that was it. Um, and that's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think when you see front of house, like they got the measurement rig out, like it shows me one, you know how to read data. And Chris has talked about this time I have a trick. I leave my data up. So if you are the type of person who can read it and and wants to see it, me leaving it up sort of leaves that door open for you to approach me about it and talk to me about it. Like, and, and I'm willing to have that chat yeah, if you want to have it, you know? It, it'll also just give me more information about their knowledge because, exactly. you know, and it's there a lot of what, times when I do that and somebody will see it and it's like, you know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't actually use that that stuff you know like i've straight up had you know my like a1 slash se just be like yeah i never i never touch smart i never i just use my ears um that's fine but it's just like i just now have a little more information about where they're coming from and i think that's is helpful Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things well i mean the end of the day you like you the buck stops with you in terms of the sound of your act and your artists, they're paying you to get a certain sound, make their show sound the way they want it to sound. So when you've got an SE there and they're responsible for the system, yes, but you're still responsible for the sound of that show. And like we talked about all the time, you don't know where that one fan's going to sit with that cell phone and put that mm-hmm. thing up on Twitter and it sounds fucked up because they're in a weird fill or something like that. So so maybe you are not directly responsible for the tuning of the PA, but you still need to answer for it, you know? Um, exactly. So, so a lot of it is coming in and quickly figuring out how much checking up do I need to do? And if the person like, I mean, I talk about KD, she's like, hey, this is the prediction. Uh, here's the measurements. I already timed it. Here's what we did. Like 30 seconds after meeting her, she told me how it was hung and what she had done to it. And I was like, that's cool. We don't need to go and redo any of that because she's on her shit. And then sometimes people are like, yeah, I, I haven't really I haven't turned it on yet. Like, all right, let's do that. Let's see what it's doing. Let's do it together you know um but Mm -hmm. quickly figuring out how much sort of do i have to go back to square one on this um because like at the end of the day it's not that i don't trust another se or anything like that it's just that i need to have an answer when artist artist management asks me a question about the sound you know i can't be like i didn't know the side hangs weren't on the whole show i can't say that Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i can't say that so (laughs) so at the end of the day i i'm covering my own ass it's i'm not challenging anybody else i'm not i'm not calling anybody else like incapable or anything like that it's just like like i'm i'm doing my gig for my boss whose name is on the ticket and i gotta be able to answer for it and that's it so you know let's do it together let's have a good time that's kind of the way i view it you know yeah for sure yeah everyone taking responsibility for their end of the the bargain Sick. Damn, ask your. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, you, 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 I was like I want Sam to ask her a typical question because we've had a few round of questions that we didn't have when Jade was originally on the show. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. So I have a couple of them. Uh, my first one is like, what is the highest value skill set to you that you've acquired? as like your you've grown with this band right like you talk about like production has grown your role has become maybe more specialized and more solidified and so what is the really the thing that's just been like 
technically speaking, like this is this is the shit I use every day, and I'm it's just the thing that is worth its weight in gold to you. Wow, that's Whoa. a good question. Whoa. Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> See, this is why we brought Sam on board. <laughs> when she's yeah, awake, when she's it. awake, she really gets it done over there. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, when I'm half asleep too, I don't know. Go back to sleep now. You asked your question. <laughs> and you're so you're saying like technically, like speaking skill, right? Yeah, yeah. Because so, I'll I'll ask the thing I always ask for. Okay. <laughs> Hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I guess it would be, I mean, I don't know. It might sound a little generic, but it would, the highest skill I've achieved thus far, I think is just the quality of my mixes because, um, I actually, did a one-off last night at a local venue here in New York um, that was much smaller than the stuff I've been doing. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's as, as the spaces grow or I feel like that's just been something I've been really zeroed in on um, this, these last, you know, chunk of months is just improving the quality of the mix and knowing that it's going to be recorded and listened to and, that it even needs to sound good in that way too. Mm -hmm. Um, it needs to sound good on live streams and broadcasts. And, um, I still see myself as there's just so much room for improvement still. Um, but I am very proud of, uh, kind of where I've gotten with that because, you know, a lot, the first kind of chunk of like my front of house career is just kind of like making it things sound good in in the room which is part of the mix but it's also just all understanding rooms and interactions and you know like mix to stage volume kind of balance but now it's kind of getting more I'm honing in more on that on just the mix part of it and it's been really cool and always just picking up nuggets of information from our our community about towards that and you know um gleaning what i can um from those who've come before me um but yeah i would i would probably say that that's awesome yeah and i really love that film of giants idea i'm going that's something you and i have talked a lot about and we've talked and chris even you and i as well like this it's crazy how you don't i think feel or see the impact of it until you get a chance to get a 10,000 foot view and kind of step back and just be the thing. You're like, oh, I, I know what that means. Like, I I know what this process is. Yeah, absolutely. First, why are you laughing at me? I, I'm not. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm going to ruin the moment here. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle is texting us. <laughs> Kyle's on tour right now. He's on the he, he's on tour exact ground band. He's like, I'm farting a whole bunch in my bunk right now, like loud ones. Oh my god, that's amazing! I love that. Miss you, buddy. Oh my god, I couldn't keep it that's in. Just beautiful. Apparently, um, but. <laughs> Oh man! Oh my god! Right. Did, did he right, get a fifty dollars Taco Bell actually, gift card? Before you actually fall asleep. <laughs> yes. 
sorry, no Before shade. You actually, fall asleep, Sam. Let's uh, hit your question. Uh, all right, so Jade, what do you wish you knew when you first started? Whoa. Hmm. So, I guess, I guess I just wish I knew not to take things so per- like personally. Like when in in this world, this job, and in, you interact with so many people, there's just egos flying around. Um, yeah, I mean, I think when I started out. I, yeah, there was just a lot I didn't know about, uh, you know, it didn't know like it being okay to ask for help or questions and stuff. And, um, yeah, I wish that I just kind of had more, more confidence and like more, um, just assertiveness with, you know, being like, no, I'm, I'm here. I was hired to do this and that's, I get to be here and I get to, you know, like call some shots. Um, yeah, I would, I'd probably say that just knowing more about interacting with like all the people involved in the puzzle and, you know, kind of getting things, you know, it, getting things to work how I need them to, to, to do my show. If, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it, in, in the past, like I've been kind of just more hands off, but I think like, I, like we've been kind of talking about just the more like humans that become involved in a show, like as you progress, um, we kind of all rely on each other in these ways and um, learning to work with bigger groups of people. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't, well, hold on, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to ask Michael's question for him in a different oh, way. Okay. Damn. And then ask mine. Um, what's the best food stop or food you had on the on on this on this tour oh my gosh okay i already know um there is there was like a travel day in baton rouge louisiana and i went and got myself like a platter seafood platter well first i got these char grilled oysters with parmesan butter and garlic and then i got a platter with like cornmeal crusted catfish um hush puppies coconut battered shrimp all over a bed of french fries i feel like there's one more thing oh like a side big side of coleslaw (laughs) (laughs) nice sounds amazing i think that was my best my favorite meal all of that that's insane that's a lot of i actually did Not yeah. everyone. Not just the coleslaw. Eats mountains of Taco Bell. They can also eat. I, other I had a ve- items dude. For- it was ten dollars. That's a reasonable amount of Taco Bell. Don't come at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jade, you weren't. Uh, we, since actually, I, I looked it up. 
So it's actually almost almost a year-ish to the date that you were first on. Uh, Ju- uh, June June 30th of 21 was the first time you were on with us. Um, so we're getting close to that, that year mark. But anyway. Right on. Uh, so I didn't have this question then. Um, but you probably have since heard the question. Um, if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, how would you define that? Oh, round two, huh? Wait, did I already ask you that? Yeah, I did. You did. No, but it, I mean, I, I, we can go back into it. Um, has the answer changed? Y- yeah, have it just revised your answer or has it changed and you've just solidified it? Wait, wow, that's like getting a fuck. second chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, so what I, what I talked about last time is, you know, like <laughs> I, I want to be, I did, right? Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> I, I actually told myself today I should go back and listen. But the problem is we've had you on as a guest a couple of times. So it's hard to yeah. remember what we have or haven't talked about. So I yeah, apologize. no, it's all good. Um, yeah, I had, I had taught, talked about like, you know, I want to be somebody that like people can approach and, you know, come to for help. And I want to, I'm especially interested in, you know, getting younger people like myself and who had experiences like mine. They're trying to get into this industry and just being a resource for them. Um, I, you know, hope to do um, some more work with that um, in the near future and getting kids to, you know, come in and learn about what I do. Um, And yeah, I just, I want, I want to be remembered as somebody that was, you know, just part of, part of this, like part of this world of, you know, audio engineers and musicians. And, you know, I'm also a musician and it's just kind of like a cool thing we all have going on. And I just want to be remembered as like, oh yeah, like Jade was there, you know, and just kind of, I think we're all making history in our own ways and um yeah it's just it's exciting to you know like come into like these like just legendary venues and spaces that have been around for you know half half a century or even more than a century and and getting to like you know mix sound in them and you know thinking about all the the years of and generations before that were in those rooms and um yeah i just like see my legacy as like a, a continuation of you know those before me and that but that were also all connected and just kind of like happy to be here and be doing it it's awesome wow that was like super relaxing actually i'm ready to go to sleep now too Thank you, <laughs> yeah, I'm putting everyone to sleep, nice so sleep that's right great. Now, actually, so, yeah, so. She actually kind of, yeah, yeah, she's like half asleep. That's crazy. Um, Jade, your, thank you. Call cool. time morning, Sam. Thank you, Jade. As always, it's such a pleasure to have you here. So This was fun. Thanks, you, guys, for having me. Glad you came back to us. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're I'll be back, back again. You're welcome back anytime. Please. Yes. You know, we'll just tell Sam to stay home next time. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Bring bring us back a pot of gold, Sam, from Ireland. <laughs> end of the rainbow. Work, work on that. See accent. if I can find one over here.